Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show again. Uh, Jonathan and I are back for a great discussion on our series Between the Testaments. And so last week we talked about, hey, what is Greek Hellenism? And we had a really fun discussion on how that conversation applies to today's youth leader and how we could encourage all of you uh, to fight against that in the world that you are in uh, with teenagers. And so this week we are going to be talking about the Maccabees. And so Jonathan's going to be leading that discussion and so, Jonathan, let's do it. Who are the Maccabees? Tell us all about them. All right. So, as you kind of covered last time, um, the ancient world, right, it was with these, these various successive ancient powers, of course, mm-hmm. we're coming into the time of the Greeks, right? So, Alexander the Great, and I think most people today, if you've you know at least finished high school, you know something about Alexander the Great, right? He's And he's not even a guy we find in the Bible, and yet... He has so much influence on the world, the entire world, going into the biblical era and even into today. Um, but it's, it's very important to have this understanding of the ancient Greek world and what happened during the intertestamental period, right? And that's just mm-hmm. the, the fancy way of saying, you know, oh, after Malachi and before Matthew in my Bible, what happened, right? It's yeah, not yeah. like Malachi was done, he rolled up the scroll, and then Matthew picked up the pen, right? There's I know, because everybody says... Oh, there was 400 years of silence. And like, what? Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly, right? Yeah. We've got this, this roughly 400, you know, Malachi is written, taken, yeah. you know, about 400 BCE. Um, and of course, the birth of Messiah somewhere, yeah. 3 to 5 BCE, something yeah. like that. Or I guess 5 to 3 for, you know, going BCE. Indeed. Um, but we have all these extra biblical books written during mm-hmm. that time, right? right? We have... Um, what is today most commonly called the Apocrypha. Sure. Um, but it's, it's a, a lot of different books that are found in the, the Greek translation of the, the Old Testament, right? So that's the, the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, again, it's interesting that in, in terms of just our, our canonical biblical scriptures, right, our, our 66 books, um, we do. We have that period of, you know, 400 years um, but in rabbinic literature, so in the Talmud, numerous places actually, it's mentioned, there's a phrase that says, the spirit of prophecy left Israel after the death of the last prophets. Ah. Right? They're talking about Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, according to the rabbis, there was no more scripture being put, being pinned, right, being written ah. after those last prophets. Okay. Um, now, of course, in, we come to the, the New Testament, and we see, like, in the book of John, you know, there's references uh, to where uh, John said, you know, he spoke to those, or he, he spoke of the, the Spirit, um, which had mm-hmm. not yet descended in those days. Um, so we know from the Gospels that the, the Spirit was poured out again, right? We have Acts mm-hmm. 2. We know one of the gifts mm-hmm. includes prophecy. So we know that the pen was picked back up, yeah. right? Um, but... Nevertheless, we have this whole period here of a, of a lot of different books, and I think it was really an attempt to fill that vacuum, right? Where I think that's why we have so many intertestamental books was because there oh. weren't these prophets going around getting these prophecies to be written down forever. But okay. they're like, well, we should be writing something. Sure. So, I don't yeah, know, that's that's a working theory. Um, but that 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 aside, so again, we're we're talking about the Maccabees. So yeah. 
who is that? Right? So it's, it's a family of priests, right? The, yeah. the short answer, uh, what yeah. we call the Maccabees. And of course, in their own day, they weren't known as Maccabees. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. But Yeah, they had different names. They changed them. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. So um, so we come to the year, you know, one, maybe around 180 BCE-ish, right? And, and mm -hmm. one of the, of course, there's, there's numerous priests, right? We're, we're talking about the descendants of Aaron, right? The brother of, uh, the brother of Moses. Um, mm -hmm. And so one of these was a man named Mattathias. And he comes in again, mid-2nd century BCE. Um, and his story is largely told in the book First Maccabees. It's also there's second Maccabees. Um, and again, you can find it in the Apocrypha, but these are very old uh, records, very old books. And these yeah. uh, books, especially first Maccabees, tell the story of Hanukkah, right? Which, you know, we see even a reference to the Feast of Dedication or Hanukkah in John chapter 10, right? Mm -hmm. When uh, Messiah is at the temple. So these, these, again, these events may not be found directly in the Bible, but they play a, such an important role in understanding the Bible. So, as you mentioned before, you know, you had Alexander the Great's conquest of the whole world. Um, he died. And then yeah. his top generals kind of argued and fought over who would take over the kingdom, and that it essentially split, right? Yeah. So there were a handful of different rulers um, that took, you know, different pieces of the kingdom, if you will. That's right. Um, and one of those was, of course, as, as you said, was the Seleucid king, uh, Antiochus. Now, mm -hmm. Antiochus's son, right, because it was Antiochus III, that uh, uh -huh. I believe you mentioned previously. Antiochus yeah. IV, as we say, um, had come into Jerusalem. And during his rule, he, he kind of reinforced the, the Greek vision of assimilation. Right? We want everybody to be the same. Right? This is kind of the, 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 the OG uh, one-world religion, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. And the Greeks were pretty famous for it, the Romans as well. It was this idea of... You know, we're not going to have our religion versus yours. We're going to bring ours in. We're going to subsume yours as part of it. You know, there's so many Greek myth, uh, myths about Zeus going out and conquering other gods and goddesses and doing things to other kings and queens and things. Um, mm -hmm. And largely that's because the Greeks would come in, they'd conquer a people, and what better way to assert your dominance than to have your god conquer their god? True. Right? So that was a common sort of, of pattern, and then they wanted to bring everyone into you know, the umbrella of Hellenistic religion. Right. And so Antiochus comes in, right? he comes into Jerusalem, um, they storm into the temple with this big army, he sends his officers out to these areas, uh, and one of them is an area called Modane. And that's where um, the, the Maccabean family that we find uh, is located. And again, they're a priestly family, descendants of, of Aaron. And so the king's official comes in and he orders the, the people there, starting with Mattathias, because he was an influential man, he orders okay. them to offer sacrifices to the Greek gods. Of course, to anybody reading this at this point should be saying, that's a no-no, right? Because that's a betrayal of Israelite faith. Indeed. Well, Mattathias refuses. Um, he says, absolutely not, right? I'm not going to uh, dishonor the Lord by doing that. Um, and so another man, just this Jewish bystander, comes forward, and he goes to comply with the order, and he says, well, okay, I'll, I'll do it. The king has ordered mm -hmm. me to do it. So he comes forward to do it, and in a fit of what the author of First Maccabees uh, calls zeal for the law, right? It's kind of like righteous anger for the Torah. Uh, yeah. It actually compares him to Phineas, if you remember the story of yeah. Phineas, Phineas. Um, uh -huh. from, sure. the, from the Torah, where you know they have yep. the the incident with Baal Peor and yep. um, the women of Midian coming into the Israelite camp right. and the, the mixture. And they're that having was, sex that and he takes place. the spear and goes. Right through both of them. 
right? Yeah. So the author of First Maccabees <laughs> compares Mattathias to Phineas, his ancestor, because he was a descendant of Phineas, uh, of the line of Aaron. Um, right. So it compares him to that. And so Mattathias rises up and he kills the, the official who's commanding that the, that the Jews sacrifice to these false gods. And he kills the Jewish man who stepped forward to offer that improper sacrifice. So obviously now there's this big, you know, sort of uproar. Like, hey, we, we got to get out of here. We've just made um, these people really mad and they have a big army. So they flee into the hills and they say, you know what? Everyone who is basically if, if you refuse to bend the knee to the Greek pantheon, come with us, right? We will continue to worship the Lord. Um, we're just going to run away to the hills. And so they do. Yeah. Um, obviously, word gets back to Antiochus, um, and he sends another force out to, you know, finish what had been started, right? Get rid of these people. How dare they rise up against me? Um, and so the people that had fled to the hills, they said, we're not going to comply with your orders. We're not going to become Greeks. We're not going to sacrifice to your gods. And so he has his army sent out uh, to attack them on the Sabbath. Because the people said, look, we're not going to rise up. We're not going to raise the sword on Shabbat. This is the day that we rest. Um, and so they they do that. They, they rest. Well, the Greeks take that. This is Lucid, mm -hmm. technical. Um, mm -hmm. They take that as their perfect opportunity to go in and kill everyone who's not even going to fight back. And so at that time is when the, the Maccabean family... Decides, you know, what, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take this, right? Even if they come at us on the Sabbath, we will defend ourselves. We will defend our our land. We will defend our uh, faithfulness to the Lord. Sure. Um, and so, where the the hammer right comes in um, mm -hmm. is because Mattathias. Uh, so in First Maccabees, he actually passes away pretty pretty early on. Second Maccabees tells a little bit more of his story, um, but he he passes on and he. he the author refers to Judas, one of the five sons of Mattathias, as Maccabeus. So in, in uh, of course, we get it through uh, from Greek into Latin into English, and we see Judas Maccabeus, right? Mm -hmm. But originally, because obviously he didn't have a Latin or Greek name, um, it was uh, Yehuda or Judah Maccabee. Yeah. And Maccabee is a Hebrew word that means hammer, yeah. right? So the, the, the Hebrew hammer. Um, we can call him. So Judas Maccabeus, the Hebrew hammer. Um, uh, the word hammer. Wouldn't we you want that name? It. Like if, if you I mean, were a professional wrestler, wouldn't you want that name? Maccabeus, the Hebrew like hammer. hammer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, um, it, th there are worse things to be called. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Carry on. Sorry. But, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, you know, in, in Judges 4, we see a feminine form of the word Maccabee, hammer. Right where Gael drives a tent peg through Sisyphus' yeah. forehead, right. For sure. So I I think that's where this this theory is kind of coming from. Not just some random idea of oh well you know mm. hammer you hit stuff with it you know but no no this is like we are driving a tent peg through the head of the enemy right. This was very yeah. intentional sort of language. I don't think he was just randomly called the hammer because that one sounded cool. I think it yeah, was it was militaristic and it was it was intentional. Um, the mm. same way that the author of First Maccabees intentionally relates, um, uh, again, Mattathias' actions of, of killing the, the official and the, the Jew who, who offered the, the wrongful sacrifice, equates him to sure. Phineas. And there's a lot of that language throughout the book of First Maccabees that what they're doing, they're doing out of zeal for the law. Mm. Right? It's, it's essentially out of a strong, burning desire to not disobey what God has commanded. 
right? That's kind Absolutely. of the, the, the core there. So again, continuing on through um, the books of, of Maccabees. Um, so uh, Yehuda, right, or Judas had yep. um, his brothers, and it was actually his brother Simeon, uh, in some uh, translations, I think it says Simon, um, that he was kind of like, originally Simeon was kind of made the leader, and then Judah was kind of the, the tactician, right? He was the brilliant military mind. Um, he becomes a war hero, right? And he leads this this uprising and this rebellion of what is, for all intents and purposes, it's basically just an uprising of farmers, right? Because Israel didn't have a national military like the Greeks or the Romans, or even at the time the Egyptians did. You know, the, the Jewish people had come back into the land after the... Um, the time of the uh, Persian um, kings, right? They sent them back yep. during the time of Ezra. They rebuilt the temple after That's it was right. destroyed by the Babylonians. You know, so they'd mm -hmm. come back into the land, but they were still not a a, a sovereign nation, right? They were still uh, essentially a vassal nation under Persian rule um, until, yeah. again, the Greeks come in, and, and Persia had conquered much of the known world, and then the Greeks came in and basically took it from them. Um, and then because of the kingdom fracturing, you know, eventually Rome comes in and does basically the same thing. Um, and so these, these people who really weren't military uh, or, or militarized rise up and actually not only defend and, and, and kind of fight off this, this Greek uh, faction, but actually take back their land. Yeah. And so they, they wage war with them over a, a series of years. Um, this, again, this, this priestly family that rose up and out of zeal first, they, they, kind of fought for their own land. Yeah. Um, and then they pressed to Jerusalem and they, they worked mm -hmm. to retake the temple. Um, Isn't so, that amazing? You know, we, we come... I mean, if you think about it, that's really remarkable because why on God's green earth would they ever win a battle like that? If not for God's help. Well, exactly. And, and that sets the stage, right? For, you know, 160 some odd years later, when Messiah is born, because had the Greeks been able to keep the temple, right? Think oh. of all the ways that the Gospels would have been different. If the Greeks sure. had kept the temple, they brought in um, an altar to Zeus and put it inside mm -hmm. God's temple, God's house, right? Mm -hmm. They put up an altar to Zeus. They sacrificed pigs and you know slaughtered yeah. unclean things inside the temple yeah. to their own gods. You know, you would have no presentation of Christ at the temple for his circumcision. You'd have no, you know, Simeon there. You'd have no Anna the prophetess hanging out. Yeah. There wouldn't be any of these people to do any of these things. Sure. Um, you wouldn't have Joseph and Mary going and offering their purification offering like they're supposed to. You'd have none of that, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. right? So without the Maccabees, you don't have the retaking of the uh, of Jerusalem. You don't have the rededication, which is what Hanukkah is about. You don't yeah. have the rededication of the temple. And without that temple, you have so many points of the gospel ministry that wouldn't have been able to take place. So it really is important for understanding, you know, building up into the world that Jesus is born into because of the Maccabean revolt. And and how easy it would have been for the Maccabees to just say, it's too hard. Let's just give in like others were doing, right? But they stood up for, as it, as you said, zeal for Torah, zeal for God's word, zeal for, <laughs> for G for, for, well, for Yahweh. Right. And, and because of that, God, God bless them and gave them favor in defeating and fighting against their enemies. And wow, what a, what a powerful parallel to our world and our lives today, as we think about the pressures and the culture and the, 
how easy it is to just give in, conform and say, it's, it's too hard, right? Like this marriage of mine is too hard. I give up. I want another one. This um, ministry of mine is too hard. I give up. I'm going to go to another church. Um, you know, this relationship with my parents is too hard. I'm just going to cut them off or whatever the case may be, right? Like we, we constantly want something that's easier, even though if we're willing to stick with it and to trust God through it, he'll give us supernatural power to have more grace, to withstand, to love when it feels impossible, to give grace when we don't want to, right? And what a, what a powerful message for teenagers too, because man, they're in a, a world in a culture that says, oh, it's hard, Meh. cut it loose. Feels painful, Meh. you don't have to deal with it. Just, you know, let it go. And and look at look at the Maccabees who were faithful even during a time that you know as the prophet said it was a time of uh, where they didn't really hear that much from God right yeah yeah and I mean it, it, it reinforces the same thing we see the apostle saying in Acts right is that we must obey God rather than men that's right yeah awesome that was fun that was a fun conversation about the Maccabees and. You know, for those of us who maybe didn't grow up reading the Apocrypha, now if you pick up that Apocrypha, you'll have a little bit of context and know who these people are, what this is all about, and that it does actually have spiritual meaning for our lives as followers of Yeshua, followers of Jesus today, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 And and most Catholic Bibles, um, if anybody's wondering, like, do I have an apocrypha? Where do I get an apocrypha? Right. Um, so the the new revised standard version, um, they actually mm-hmm. release it in a Protestant version and a Catholic version. The Catholic version is going to have you know these these intertestamental period uh, books um, like First and Second Maccabees. There are actually other Maccabee books. There's Third Maccabees, Fourth Maccabees. Um, first and Second tell largely the same story. Um, third and fourth tell kind of different stories, but all of it centers around the same period of time where there's Jewish persecution over yeah. trying to force them to convert, right? That's the, the overarching theme in each of these books um, is, you know, this this almost like intentional forced conversion and assimilation away from mm-hmm. the worship of the Lord. Um, and, and really, it's not unlike the same thing that we see in church history um, during Roman persecution of the early church. Right. right, where you know they're like, okay, well, either you can renounce, you know, this crucified king, which was the weirdest thing in that world, right? Because yeah. only only slaves got punished by crucifixion. This makes sure. no sense, you know. So mm-hmm. you can renounce your crucified king, or we'll throw you into the Colosseum and let the lions eat you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the same thing. It was you know, give up, renounce your faith, um, yep. or die for it. That's right. So it's yeah. it's a it's a great testament to being courageous. Um, in, in seeing the way that others have stayed faithful. I love it. That's cool. That's great. Well, well, Jonathan, this has been a really fun conversation. Thanks for teaching us about the Maccabees. Friends, keep coming back for our Between the Testaments conversation. They're going to be great. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>